0: And welcome to episode 175 of Lee Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Leet and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Colin Phoenix-Defiah-Ford, and joining me in the orange signed by Def for tonight's episode, we have our chief bar steward, Grant Psycho cal walkart
1: Good evening, everybody, and yeah, I do know
0: what my name is. I'm, I am... I'm glad to hear that. Also, on top of that, we have Commander Shan, our director of Inhuman Resources. Hello. (laughs) Our director of pest control, Dr. Toxic, Ashley Diven.
2: Good evening.
0: And our stalwart held of health and safety, Ben Mosswoodwood, Commander Edelweiss.
3: Right, I just need to rotate it around and try not to thrust anymore.
0: Uh-huh. Obviously, missing dockers. And uh, we are joined in making this a very, very cramped sidewinder tonight by Spider-Man Games and John Lunn and Oliver Helm. Those of you who are well I- know your elite, uh, elite lore and, and fiction will know that they are in charge of the EDRPG. Hello! Hello! So, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game in open, uh, outside Lake Station, because apparently the orange side was covered in darkness. And, and people are scared of the dark. Uh, so, but if you can't get into game, we're also in the no Twitch channel.
3: It. Sorry, Toxic!
0: <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and, and as you can see, their piloting ability, or here, their piloting ability leaves much to be desired. It's a good job the Icarus Cup is never going to happen because the the have uh, uh, the lay radio sidewinder suicide squad would probably not even be worth flying. So, are we doing anything interesting in the in the uh, in the game today, or are we we just sort of chilling outside the station?
2: We're just chilling outside the station, um, watching They around. have a... Sp- Yeah, we did have a small idea of um, trying to form a ring with our ships to see if we can get some guy, uh, some pom to pinball around it. Pretty Uh, cool, there's something to watch.
0: Okay, yes, well, that seems to be quite an interesting little uh, um, thought for the day. Uh, Okay, so we'll just quickly go around the table and see how everybody has been doing this week. So we'll start with Dr. Toxic. Uh, What have you been up to in-game then?
2: I have not really been in-game much this week, I will admit. I've been losing a lot of sleep over a couple of things recently. So, yeah, I logged into the game today and came back today for today's broadcast.
0: Okay, fair enough.
2: But that's
0: what happened, unfortunately.
2: And hey, the stream could hear me this time.
0: Hey, guys. Yes, almost as much as we could yesterday. uh, Last week, rather. (laughs) Moving on. (sighs) Commander Shan... How have you been?
4: I've been blooming cold this week. You can tell winter's coming, if not here. (laughs) Yes. But uh, in-game, I've actually been exploring my home system, which is a bit bizarre because it's been my home system for two years. But I actually took the trouble to visit some of the planets and practice my canyon racing in my Corvette. So, uh, yeah, it's been quite fun getting to know the system my ships have been in for the last two years. Cool. Uh,
0: okay, uh, Ben, what have you been up to?
3: Well, my joysticks are a little bit limp and is out for repairs, so I've basically been having to play using my gamepad, which is taking a lot of learning. Yes, um, as we just found out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've not been doing anything combat oriented until I shot toxic. <laughs> Wait, that um, was you
2: that shot me?
3: <laughs> yes, because I, oh, yeah. focus- I
2: had you focused. Oh, and then I, 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 was, I see I was
3: that the... to move- I was trying to move my camera around, and I shot you from third party view accidentally.
0: I see. And so that's I why you got shot up and disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> so I see the the friendly atmosphere at Live Radio does continue. Uh, I'm so glad that we all get along so well. Yeah. Um, well, well, we'll start with one of our guests, Oliver. Hello. Uh, what have you been up to in game, or or have you had a chance to be in game, or yes, have you no, just no. been running around going by the book?
5: Since 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 we we, we did our launch, no, uh, me and John, we we've gone back into the game. We're now we, we're doing something that we haven't done before in the game. Uh, I, I've restarted again, and I'm a serial restarter. It's nothing unusual, but we're pirates, and uh, so we've been trying to earn a buck uh, entirely illegally with a concentration on pirating um and it's been quite an interesting experience really because um yes yeah, so i i think our first heist was is it three weeks we've been doing it john about that yeah, long, it's or about, that? That long. Yep. about three weeks yes our first heist i think we made 120 credits um <laughs> which was great um uh, a rich uh cargo of hydrogen fuel and bio waste um and we've slowly worked our way up to get getting things <laughs> like um Oh, uh, it, frame shift drive interdictors and uh, hatchbreaker breaker uh, limpet controllers, and it's just a side of the game. I, never, I was always so good. You see, you know, I I thought you know piracy was a bad thing to do, but it's 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 great fun. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so we've been doing that recently uh, in game.
3: Anyway. And is this strictly PvE piracy, or are you going against humans as well?
5: Well, it has been, but it's not not necessarily through choice. We've encountered I think we've encountered a couple of other humans, uh, but they've invariably been in things like cutters and anacondas. And, you know, we've been in, like, eagles and cobras and stuff like that. And if you come across a player and a cutter, you know, they've almost certainly gone to the engineers and made themselves invulnerable first. So the very idea that we could, you know, kind of uh, try and loot them you know they might just get. laugh
3: at the cargo <laughs> demand it might be worth it
5: it might be but you know rebuys are quite expensive and uh yeah i I've, i have been enjoying uh playing a ship which uh i, I never thought i would enjoy uh the keel bag um, oh yes because i i played it first before fighters and it was a bit dull but yeah. when you're just starting and you're making your way up and you have your keel back and you've got the fighter it's actually it's it, it's suddenly the ship makes sense and we've we've kind of enjoyed having that because it's allowed us to boost ourselves up from two pirates to three so that's been when good. you can
6: get it to do what you want it to do but it seemed for a while to be quite reluctant to want to open fire or anything i'm not sure when that's it, was, probably... it
5: was a pacifist pirate
6: it was for I, a while uh, yeah.
5: Uh, yeah, I
4: did see a video yeah. this week. You say about not going after cutters. I did see a video this week of a chap in a hauler mm-hmm. uh, scaring away a cutter.
5: <laughs> um, what was well, this a, a somewhat unarmed cutter? Or what was
4: y- yes, it was. Well, the the, the hauler was uh, much more manoeuvrable than the cutter, and just basically kept in his blind spot while the hauler picked away at the cutter's hull.
3: Right. by using
4: phased uh, pulse weapons, right? So the cutter got down to about seventy five percent hull before deciding it couldn't possibly kill this rather maneuverable hauler. <laughs> and jumped away.
0: Yeah, so mo- the mom station wagon has actually s- has actually scored a victory.
5: Excellent. <laughs> well, I mean that's quite a heartening here actually because you do. Um, I remember when they first. Um, were kind of setting up the, the design of the game well i mean I, I came in uh in fairness i came in about the sort of the alpha beta phase but they were saying their their big claim was that if you were a good enough pilot a sidewinder could defeat an anaconda and you know the more i've gone through the game the more i thought yeah yeah that's not going to happen but hearing that this hauler has managed to defeat uh, a cutter has renewed my faith in that <laughs> idea so that's very good that's, that's great
0: well, there's the whole load of pilots who have gone and uh, basically gone all the way up to Anaconda, thanks to to some of the exploits, and they don't know how to fly the thing. So yes, you know,
5: <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. It can Easy be pickings. Yes, it can be. Yes, it is very sad, isn't it? That that, that happens. That it's problem?
6: also when you're when you're flying in a wing, you can employ tactics that work. We you know, I'm still in my cobra for a reason and that is because this thing can shift. So as long as I stay behind whatever bugger it is we're trying to pirate, um, and Oliver's there in his tank taking whatever that it is that this particular ship is dishing out, mm. then it works. That yeah. that little teamwork well, maybe,
4: maybe what you should do is rename your ship to my other ship is a Corvette or something. So <laughs> and
5: they <laughs> Yeah, the just yeah,
6: just bragging basically. I don't own a Corvette. I've got an Anaconda, I've got a cutter, but I don't have I, I'm a petty officer, I think, in the Federation, so I've I've got a long way to go before I can get a Corvette.
4: But just so when they read it, they think, oh gosh, I won't tangle with this yes. Eagle. Mm.
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is my Cutter's second corvette,
0: commander. Yeah. Oh dear.
6: Yeah.
5: But no, we've had a, we've had a good time and um and some of the the, the missions we've done. We've done um uh assassination missions and doing assassination missions when you're just starting on targets who are legal is actually really hard because you know you start opening fire and then all of a sudden the vipers turn up and you know you you're just kicked out or you know sometimes blow it can be really it, it's actually very hard to make your way just through illegal measures but but it is a great challenge and so anyone who's getting a bit disillusioned uh, with the game, I mean, I really suggest it because it's, um, you know, just set yourself that task of only making money illegally. And you know, if you find uh, uh, an exploit, like you know, uh, you're finding smuggling missions or paying too much or something, just you know, you know, just you know, go back to the the basics of robbing ships, and it's great, it's great. And um, you know, you have to fight for every every credit, uh, and it's it's quite it's quite a good way of playing the game. I recommend it. <laughs>
0: Well and funny you should mention uh, crime and punishment <laughs> because at this moment in time there is a new notification on the uh, on the forums from Sandro Samarco going with the the title Descending into Crime. However, he did manage to post about five to five uh today, so we haven't really had a chance to, to rip it apart. But uh apparently well, has anybody else been able to to dig into this in any detail, or would you prefer to leave it till
4: in depth yeah, analysis I, next week? I've, 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 I've had a good look at it, but I think it's probably best to do it for next week because it'll probably take up all the available time we have. However, I, I did consider that if you went to Lavecon last year, you already have an orange jumpsuit ready for <laughs> <to be> prison <laughs> in the new crime punishment system. <coughs>
5: It's actually not that different to the one um, that you guys debated in the first few episodes of Lave Radio with the uh, you know, where the orange sidewinder thing came from. Of, of sort of, uh, you're kind of forced to um,
0: the uh, sidewinder. Uh, to yeah. Pay your sidewinder. bounty, yeah. The Aspo yeah.
5: sidewinder. I still think they can bring that in.
0: I think. <laughs> well, it. it's in the game. I'm, That's what yeah, the, the, I mean. the sidewinder is. Yes. Yeah.
3: I would love for us to actually when we get sent to the station that we're. We're sent to. Yeah. You can't leave until you've paid off your N million credit bounty Mm. in whatever form it is, whether it's his credits or, okay, I'm now doing a job that is worth 100,000 credits, but I don't get paid for it and it pays my fine off.
0: Mm. So basically you turned into an indentured v- worker or an imperial slave. Yeah.
2: Imperial
3: yes. Slave, exactly.
2: I th- well, yeah. So yeah, why not? You, you went out and did something illegal. You've got to do something to pay the price, haven't you?
0: Yeah, well, I've a got charm. no problem with it. It's just, yeah. I, th- I think it's, it would be a lovely little um, uh, twist in, in, into the so, trail, wouldn't it? I mean,
2: so it as long as, as, yeah. as they provide the same sort of missions that, you get, you, uh, that we get now, but the difference is you don't get paid. It comes off your fine
4: some some wag
5: on the forum
2: and Um, you have to do it in some scraggy old sidewinder or something Well, or at least different
5: kinds of ships yeah Mm. absolutely so you know ships that you might not normally get a chance to um go in so if you commit a crime in the federation uh, i mean unless you get built up quite a federation rank you never get a chance to pilot a drop ship so it'd be quite good you know it'd be quite interesting sort of being in one of those you know ships because it's if you're going to ship so you're not used to it the combat becomes quite a challenge And I think, actually, in a strange way, although it would be, you know, a pain, it would also be kind of quite an interesting challenge, but it might be something you want to reserve for people who've got a few hours in the game. You don't want to kind of, you know, spring it on uh, newbies because, you know, uh, we we all we're all quite used to Elite Dangerous, but I think, you know, when you're just starting, Elite Dangerous is very complicated. And you're only just sort of playing it on for life when you're sort of first beginning. But I think when you go in further i think you'll be more up for kind of you know interesting challenges of being forced to fly unusual ships with weapon systems that aren't the ones that you would choose yourself and having to get out of situations you know just with what you've been given you know it, it, not maybe for a very long time probably you won't want to be in there very long but you know just for a bit i think it would be quite fun that'd be quite good
4: um someone on the forum did suggest that uh, repeat and serious offenders can be sentenced to competing in CQC for their freedom.
5: <laughs> oh, well, I think that's cruel <laughs> and inhumane. You know, yeah, really one thing I was
0: thinking I, I think, about... I think that is a fantastic idea, and me, fortune-fever <coughs> <of> the brave.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> one thing I was thinking about on uh, terms of newbies and stuff is um, an option to work some of it off, pay some of it off, so... A sort of mix-and-match system, maybe do a few missions and then you're only paying off a couple of thousand credits. As opposed to just paying it all off in credits, which will cost you 20,000 or so, whatever.
0: Right, I, do, I do find it quite um, uh, 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 invigorating in the fact that they're, they're, they're willing to make these kind of changes to the systems uh, for the next uh, patch. I mean, they did say at, at the expo that it was one of the things they were looking at overhauling for, uh, for what was it, 2.5, they're going to call it.
5: Right, yeah. I mean, now, yes, there one, was even. Oh, sorry,
2: different. I am quite confused as to why they're deciding to go per ship instead of per commander.
4: It is strange, isn't it? Because if you it's, rob a it bank. It does
2: seem very alien the, to
4: me. The, yeah, because you rob a bank, the police don't throw the car in jail, they throw you in jail.
2: Yeah, they normally keep the car and use it for their own games.
4: <laughs> but anyway, I think this discussion for next week. No, I of think. course, will we'll, uh, Yes, yes,
0: yes. Well, uh, yeah, unless unless of course um, there's a lot of things happen during the week, uh, which I don't know. Um, things have started to move on a, a, a pace with the uh, Inara stuff, but we'll come to that uh, later. Um, now, also. If anybody is lucky enough to have the Xbox One X, and you have a 4K telly, Elite Dangerous for now has um, been upgraded to allow 4K. Now, I I know my Xbox uh, is just a standard one, but from what I've has anybody else seen a reaction to this? Because of the reaction, I think has been quite positive.
2: It has. No, yes.
0: I, I, I haven't seen, seen anything.
4: I've seen a couple of. Um, compare the different screenshots where someone's taken a screenshot in 1080p and in 4K, and there's a, quite a significant difference between the two. Um, I play Elite in 4K on a PC, and I noticed a difference too when I went from um, even a lower res to 4K, so I, I think it'll make a lot of difference to players, and apparently the frame rate's not too bad either.
0: Yeah, I mean, I must admit, when I'm playing on my Xbox, I don't have a bad problem with the, the frame rate, but then again, I am oh, heading out to Colonia, so I'm not dealing with a lot of uh, structures or other ships really taxing the uh, What taxing I would be quite Xbox. interested in seeing, um,
2: as somebody who doesn't own an Xbox, and yes, Ben, I can see you're quite desperate to say something, um, is how the nebula would affect, because... Here on my PC, if I go and take a good look at a nebula, for example, uh, Veil vale East, quite a pretty blue nebula, if I go and look at it close up, my frame rate drops down to one frame every three seconds. Well, well the has seen
0: it. Sorry, uh,
2: Veil vale West, I'm being corrected.
0: Well, I mean, I've, I've actually... I'm in a in a, uh, a nebula right at the moment uh, on the Xbox and I haven't noticed any visible slowdown in frame rate so you know I'm I'm quite impressed with it to be honest not even uh, in the um, galaxy map not even in the galaxy map so it's been quite it's been quite nice um uh, Ben do you want to jump in there
3: I'm just wondering does the PlayStation or the PlayStation Pro give 4K or is that still 1080
0: No the PlayStation Pro will give 4K playing But I don't know whether or not Elite... They haven't announced anything about it being upgraded yet. Uh, Oh, and we have... um, Our our resident bartender has now returned. So, Grant, (laughs) can you hear me? Sorry, Pom. (laughs) Oh, what's he done?
1: Oh God, no! I can't see. Hold on, i have got to. <clears throat> no, no, nothing. He was. He, just, he was trying to quietly shunt me towards the station, uh, and so I, I turned my Beluga around and rammed him. Um, and unfortunately, that's <laughs> he blew up. And then the station didn't take kindly to that. And uh, yeah, that's me down another big chunk. Yeah. Three million <laughs> credits, just like that, just as well I'm rich in game.
0: Um, oh dear, so what have you been up to this week then, apart from dying, as usual?
1: Well, I mean, we, it's been pretty much, we've had quite a, an interesting couple of weeks, it was my sister's wedding a couple of, uh, two weeks ago, um, and we had to get Susie there, so obviously with a, a wheelchair access and her confidence levels not being very good about going out, and um, It was a challenge, but as a result of that, going so well, we were out on Saturday for our meal in an Italian restaurant in town for my daughter's 21st, and um, we got in no problems. Everything was hunky-dory. She actually really enjoyed it. It was an amazing wee restaurant, actually, and and extremely busy, um, Mm. really unbelievably busy, um, but we thoroughly enjoyed it, and when we left, everything was great. It got in the car and then I'm uh, not really used to driving in town and nearly ran a red light did an emergency stop and uh, she's been in her bed ever
3: since <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh god no <laughs> oh it does feel sometimes that for every good thing that you think you make progress with Something always seems to knock it back a bit.
1: Yeah, she's doing okay. She's not in, you know, she was, it was a bit of a, it was more of a sort of fright uh, and a jump. And that, unfortunately, that can cause some muscle strains and things because she's just not that um, strong there in the back. We're working on it. Um, but she's ready to go back out again. So hopefully we're going to get out for lunch this week. So it's nothing permanent, thank goodness. And because mm. you can never tell. You know, you don't, you don't go out to cause. <laughs>
7: Chaos. No, you don't. Chaos
1: and Harbour <laughs> just Well, actually, to you me. might go
0: out to cause, <laughs> cause chaos. <laughs> just not on purpose.
1: But she's doing okay, she's fine. I was just um, trying to catch up with the getting her... She, her sleep pattern's been thrown out because she's up at the crack of dawn and then sleeping when everyone else is getting up and going. So, well, we better bit of work to do this week. But while I've been... Um, Awake and working away, Uh, we've been doing a ton of stuff on the Dockers website, if you are a fan of the Dockers podcast. um, I've been slowly building the website from scratch and redoing it and taking it away from the evil that is a WordPress site. (laughs) Uh, Um... It's one of those things where the, you know, the, the, the wonderful sort of flexibility of the WordPress site is what the uh, Russian hackers that love so much. So uh, we're ditching it wherever we can and securing it where we can't. Um, and Mm. Docker's actually, I think the website is a darn sight better for it, actually. Managed to get a whole crew list up as well, which is even nicer. Um, lots of photographs. with quite a few iterations of photographs today. While I was waiting for a picture of Dobbo, I did put up a loo brush upside down with a face <laughs> painted on it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, people might want to read the descriptions because I did do them uh, on the fly and in the wrong sense of mind. So, yes...
0: Oh, dear. Yeah, well, I'd, I must congratulate you. You've probably found the only decent photo that, that exists of me, so um, well done, you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the amazing skills of Oliver Facey, who does the photography at LaveCon and amazing Uh, so it was nice to be able to go and find so many nice high definition photographs of people and use them um especially yeah the ones for you those the night a really great selection of everyone doing the dockers readings live over the last three years so i think yeah really really cool photographs
0: Mm -hmm. and has rory sent in his lines yet
1: i don't know i've not looked (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's next on the list I just got a message from our Mr. Brubin saying are we still doing this yes I know it's been over a year well, we're going to get one we promise
0: wait, wait, oh, no I'm not going to go into that that's that's for another time uh, but back oh, back into the um, development news it does seem that people have been asking about the orrery map again uh, and it does seem that FDEV have confirmed that it is on the back burner them. as far as functional uh, functionality is concerned, the local system map does seem to work. But if you want to put an orary map in, they're going to need something to motivate them to do it. Does, is that a, a fair enough analysis in that?
3: Would that be a little something like a rework of exploration?
0: Well, yes, that I could be something. Think it's even that. I mean, we're
4: not ruling it out, but the reply... From Frontier did make it seem as it's on the very back burner, and yeah. I, I think that it would need, I think, what they call compelling gameplay to get them Reasons. to, uh, yeah, to get them to look at it. I think it's more than just um, rearranging how the stars look on screen. There's a whole lot of UI work and quite a lot yeah. of effort involved in doing it. From what they were explained, which is a bit sad because I was looking forward to it, but. I, I I think they've got more than enough to do actually at the moment. No, oh, sorry. Go on then.
1: Well, no, I was just going to just for the, for people who are who are maybe struggling with the concept of what would be the point of having an aurory map anyway. Um, you know what? Well, would well
4: I'm you, one. Sorry.
0: Well, I'm one. I, I don't see the point of it personally.
4: Well, what it does it allows you to. Uh, see a system as it actually is when you jump into it so i don't know if you've ever been to a system and you look at the map and you think oh that planet's really close yeah and it's not because it's the other side of the sun or its orbit has taken it away and it's now in a different position so it allows you to see the positions of the bodies in that system as they actually are rather than what's represented on the map Okay, Mm -hmm. so there
1: there is a a bit and that's what I was trying to understand is what they're looking for because for a minute there I had flashbacks to the long conversation with Frontier talking about how the technology available just now would not allow for them to have the rotational models uh, around the star that they would like to have in game, and all these kind of things about moons going around planets. Um, mm. they, they, you know, they've gone for the what can technology handles, and therefore you don't have solar systems orbiting solar systems, and all yeah. that kind of complexity. So uh, it, you're talking about a much smaller, more localized level of complexity that actually is just reporting back where the bodies are. So it doesn't sound like a big job. Someone surely can do that in the lunch break.
5: It is. I mean, it is very complex. I mean, some, some of these systems, of course, you know, have, you know, uh, rogue planets, you know, that aren't in orbit of either sun. They're trinary or or, or they quaternary star systems where, you know, some of the stars are orbiting and others aren't. And trying to come up with a way in 3D where you can show that where it's not a total mess would be a re you know be a real challenge i i do understand the idea why people want it because it is nice if you're in a system and you've got to go to three different planets it's less of a problem when you when you come out of the sun it's less less of a problem because you know if you know uh, there everything is relative so if something is 600 light seconds away it is six hundred light seconds and but it's when you go to that planet and then you want to go to the next planet and suddenly it's fourteen thousand light seconds away. And if you'd only done it in a slightly different order, um, you know, you could have saved yourself a lot of time instead you're crossing the system multiple times. So it is it is I mean I, I I see why people want it and I also see why it would be such a mind-rending challenge to just display it. I, mm. I just trying to think in my mind how you would do it and capture all the complexity of the the stars in place? It's it's hard.
2: Well, how they, they, did they do it in Kerbal Space Program? They had it in
0: Frontier First right? Encounters.
1: Yeah, but we're talking about for, Sorry, Colin, We're talking about four billion star systems versus how many are in Kerbals. it's
2: the same it's, It would be. However, you would draw one. You would draw the rest of them the same way. So it's
1: it's it's justification for the. I mean, this is the thing. We do joke about Frontier being able to do things in the lunch breaks because they are so amazingly <laughs> talented. But we do understand completely that this is a major overhaul of uh, integration with the game system and would be significant in the bugs that could come from it, and also how do you make it graphically make sense to pilots? Because if you think about the one big. Unique thing about uh, the Elite when it was out was that 3D radar so that you could work out when a ship's above you, behind you, and all this. That has a very easy to kind of get a hold of and understand to make it usable instantly, mm. kind of like your Apple iPhone. You know, you pick it up, you can use it, you can give it to your grand and she can work it out. It, it's natural. And how would you do that with an Aurora system app? You would have to really work on it in such a way that It would be that Mm. usable. Otherwise, it is a waste of resources. It is just, you know, what we've got works. Yes, this would be nice. So I'm I'm kind of in Frontier's camp. If we can find some kind of um, use for it, maybe along the lines of SRV planet jumping. So that you know when those planets pass at the closest point, and you can get someone to point their anaconda up in a big, gigantic ramp, and you can fly your uh, SRV from one planet to the other as it passes closely. Other than that, I think I'd rather have comets.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It, it, this does smack of, um, you know, amount of effort into to gain. Mm. Got, and to be honest, um, yeah, I'm. I'm afraid I'll have to agree with with Grant. I'd rather have uh, more fun things in the game than than a map like this. When we've got something which yeah. is does ninety percent of what we need, which is you know, not it's what some people want now. to see.
2: So, well, no, but it, it's enough for now, and it works. So I can see why they're sitting in their point. If
0: it's not broke, oh, then fix it. Mm. Hang on, I, I just had to flip back to the game. I almost smashed into a star there. So, um, now, within the game itself, it seems that bases have been appearing everywhere. <laughs> so, at the moment, we do seem to have two new Inara base, bases which have been discovered one by uh, one of the guys at uh, Commander Jack Corbin. Uh, I do believe he's from Cannon. Uh And uh, there was another one discovered at Tegan's Star. Who who got that one?
6: Commander? I don't want to sound like the school teacher, but it is Inara. Remember, Inara is something completely oh,
0: different. Oh, God. Yes, this, Dave Hughes has been telling me off about this all the time. It's because I use the Inara website so much, and I'm so scared it'll turn into another For domain.
1: So... <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, sorry? Another what?
0: For domain,
1: <laughs> Sorry, <Colin.
0: laughs> I said that wrong on purpose, Grant. Just calm it.
6: <laughs> I can't do it wrong on purpose. Yep. I can't say anything other than... Can Paladine. you switch between the two? Can you can you say it right and wrong and right and wrong and right and wrong really quickly together?
3: I
1: don't
0: no. think Colin can
3: say it right at all, can you?
0: <laughs> for <laughs> <dine>. come on. <laughs> Sorry. That's because I heard Drew practically punching it into my head at the expo. But... <laughs> And probably quite rightly, too. But anyway, (laughs) Inra. Two Inra bases have been discovered. Um, And on top of that, Aegis has been putting in, uh, what was it, six or seven new bases, all in very, very spectacular places.
4: Yeah, I took a tour of those uh, earlier on in the week. And uh, the one at Artemis Lodge is probably the most stunning space station location I've seen in-game. It's absolutely stunning. Is that the one that's just above uh, planetary rings? That's right, yes, and if you, if you come at it when the sun is on the right position to the planet, you can see the reflection of the sun off the planet and onto the ice ring, and then onto the station. It really is spectacular.
1: Hey, Shan, do you know what would really that's help be you? Pretty. Do you know what would really help there? An orrery map. <laughs> <laughs> It would help you You'd know when the, sunlight's yeah, when the sun's going to be on that station in the perfect light, you would be able to tell that from an orrery map. So, would you, you know actually, our, our actually Grunt,
0: you, you, could you have just look like out looking out the window?
1: Out. The window. Yeah. <laughs> or, or looking out the window, yes, of course, that does help. <laughs> yeah.
4: See, I think that's where you're going wrong, Cal, when you're trying to dock. I don't think you're looking out the window, I think you're trying to look at the map.
1: No, it's the buttons. <laughs> you've got to look at all the buttons, you've got to know what you're pushing
0: so the the two inner bases that we discovered this time uh the first six was mostly to do with the, the creation and the um uh the testing of the the mycoid virus. but these two seem to be different, covering different subjects. one is is or oh, actually, what should be a spoiler policy on this? Should we just leave people to to discover them for themselves or Tell them where they are.
4: Tell them where they are and then we do there. have
3: them that they can be played. Well if I we think want to give people the spoiler. You know, if you don't want to listen if you don't want spoilers, don't listen for the next five minutes.
0: Yeah, or I think that, that'd be a good idea. What? Um, well, what we'll do is we'll just give out the um, the coordinates uh, where they're located uh, and we'll leave the connections, the links in the show notes so that if people want to be spoiled, they can do. I mean, I know that um, in Top Shift, I've been going through each of these bases and, and recording them all for one big show. And just as soon as I think, right, that's it, I'm ready to go, they discover another bloody base. So I'm thinking, well, oh, delayed again. But, um, oh... One of the other Aegis bases, am I correct in, in uh, assuming it's a double noob hammer? I
4: mean, a quadruple noob hammer.
0: Yeah, that's... Well, I, what I mean is normally the noob hammer has two, but this one has four. That's right, yes. I forget yeah. the so, name of the
4: station now, but
0: yes, it is. <laughs> I have lost a, a Cobra and a T6 to those noob hammers, so... <laughs> but only people who've actually suffered that kind of fate will understand what I mean.
4: I I just don't get how you guys get blown up so often because surely it's not that difficult to see, oh, look, giant piece of space station heading towards me. I'll move. Or were you like moths going, ooh,
0: pretty, whack? (laughs) (laughs) No. I I, like the moth theory. That sounds more accurate. (laughs) I think in my case, it was just a case of, oh, look, um, my, my destination is through there next to the station that's not a problem oh that was unfortunate splat <laughs> yes you kind of forget that they're there because you're Ow. thinking well you look at it and you think that's oh, just a normal Coriolis and you forget about the extension bits you're and a special my, kind of pilot
2: Colin
0: oh I am, I am very special kind of pilot me
2: although well, that so, said i'm the only one that can go out exploring on a long-range journey And only run out of fuel when he gets back into the bubble. (laughs) A week after getting back. Oh.
0: Uh, Fuel—that's for you then. (laughs) Yeah. Inside the bubble. (laughs) Gutted. So the first one, which is oh, someone will have to help me with this, is Amelia, Emilda landing.
3: I'd say Almeida. Mm.
0: Well, it was discovered by Commander TSH eighty-four. We found uh, the comms Beacon, and it pointed at the base uh, on planet Con uh, in Tegan's Garden, planet 2 Con A3A. Uh, latitude is 73.39. Longitude is 102.3688. I hope I've got that the right way around. Uh, and there you will find uh, one of the inner bases. But it's not about the MyCod virus, I will say that.
3: Can I just say that that is actually in a very, very pretty location. It's up on the top of a plateau in a... It's a re, it's a nice pink environment. Uh, I think it's a pink and blue planet. Uh, and it's raised up. You've got like a... I guess I'd describe it almost like a, a spire of land where I wind up docking my ship. And then, then you've got cliffs on either side of it going down. And then there's a... Then it sort of widens out to where the actual base is. It's a really nice looking location.
0: Mm, I must admit, I have when I've been doing a doing a tour of those bases. I must admit, the locations that they have put them in always seem to be on crater edges, and I think, yeah. I think they, they they really are quite nice to to just chill around. Also, it gives you a bit of a chill down the spine when you actually go through go through the abandoned bases. I think the atmospheric around there have been very well done. But the second inner bass that has been discovered recently is Carmichael Point, recorded by Commander, oh my goodness, <laughs> Dad in Cactus. Dad in a, Dad in a Cactus. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good as I can get. <laughs> yeah, I Dad about. in a Cactus on Reddit. <laughs> on Reddit. The base was found by Commander Jack Corbin. Uh, I do believe he's part of the cannon group. Uh, and uh, Commander... T- oh, for goodness sake, guys, come up with some com- Commander names I can pronounce. Timaru? <laughs> That'll do. Reports. It's Timaru. Uh, see? Already. Uh, and uh, basically, there, there's um, new comms beacons which point to HR 1188A2 pointing to the new base. Um it can be found on uh, HIP 16824A2F at latitude 7387, longitude 61.87. So, go out there and enjoy.
4: You made that sound like the shipping
0: forecast, <laughs> when you read that how. Well, it's a bit like the shipping forecast, isn't it? It's all naval terms and things like that yeah
4: the new base can be found at Dogger Bank
0: <laughs> Cromity Ross oh, I was a bit sad that I even know that jeez <sighs> well shall we move on to the newsletter
3: All Right. so we won't play these we won't spoil these for anyone listening in
0: no I don't think we will it's
3: probably I'm sure they'll appreciate it and we'll have the well just have the links in the show notes then
0: yes yes so, um Newsletter one nine nine. Who would like to discuss that?
1: Well, can I start by saying um that I did go out of my way to read that and that was five minutes I won't be getting back.
3: There were one thing that I liked about it, which is the the stream series we're gonna be getting on next Thursday where Ed's joined by Dr. Anthony Ross, and there, it sounds like they're basically giving a recap of the stream that he did at FX Seventeen, where he it, was talking about is, the yeah. developments of Stellar Forge.
4: It is. It's this Thursday, not next Thursday. So, well, okay. Thursday the ninth at yeah, seven. Yeah, that's
3: next Thursday in two days' time. This Thursday, in other words.
1: Yeah, yeah this Thursday. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that is something that's quite interesting and, uh, it's, uh, and it's something that they're going to go forward with, which will be quite fun, I think, and uh, probably of great interest to some.
3: And certainly I am interested in it.
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly be listening in. And I believe it is a repeat of the um, Frontier <laughs> Expo talk. Um, I think they'll be having a and a session as well as part of that. So... Definitely worth listening to, I think.
6: Didn't I hear that the audio was not so good on the actual one that they tried to record on Expo, uh, so that's why they're doing yeah, the Yeah,
4: that is, that, that is what Ed told on one of his streams. I think the other issue was is that I think because it was in the second room or oh, it was so oversubscribed, they had to turn people away. So not everyone got to see it who wanted to see it. So there were like, two good reasons for repeating it.
6: Oh, I'm looking forward to it
0: anyway. should be good.
3: Yep. Lesson learned. Make sure you record everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is uh, the start of a whole new deep dive of series of live streams, which uh, they're going to be going on, uh, going to be carrying on with called the discovery scanner. Um, I guess the, um, Ed's going to be giving out more details later as he goes. Now the following week, Sandra Samarco will be doing a and A on the new content for beyond. Now, Does anybody suspect that Sandro might also be on mostly because something might have occurred by then?
3: I was expecting he's going to be coming on just to mainly be talking about this crime and punishment stuff rather than anything alien-related, if that's what you're getting at.
4: I think it might be related to crime and punishment also, I think. Um... I'm not sure it would be Sargoid-related, although it has gone a little bit quiet story-wise and narrative-wise. So, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop as far as, as, far as the, the present story is concerned. So, we'll just have to wait and see whether or not something has unfolded itself by that time.
3: Well, aren't we in the middle of supposedly an Aegis-sponsored attack? I would describe it as on the Fargoids at the moment, isn't that the CG?
0: It is, well, yeah. it's the the last remaining CG, yes. I mean, the, the rescue CG that was done in a couple of, less than a, was it a day?
3: Okay, that was quicker than I was expecting it to be then.
0: Yeah, that, that one was done within a day, which was quite disappointing because by the time I'd got my, my ship down there ready to start doing my, my impression of the Tracy family, um, I didn't manage. It was all over and done with. So, um, unfortunately, Thunderbirds were not go.
4: Well, If I'm, if I'm reading the current CG correctly, um, there have only been 362 contributors. So, only 362 commanders have killed a Thargoid.
0: In that CG which I thought was quite interesting yeah it does give me I think this is the thing because it is such a, an a, achievement you do need oh, a lot of enhancements if you even if you solo don't you and it's actually, I, go on
4: it's actually cool. harder to do it in a wing than it is solo
0: mm-hmm. But the upshot is, is that I don't. I'm not quite sure the number of players that have managed to reach the level of engineering that would need that you need to do that kind of content at the moment. I know I haven't.
4: Um, I think. I think there's a few things. First of all, there is it is quite a high and expensive learning curve to join in. Mm. But secondly, the community goal does only run for a week, so it could take you a week to get your ship to the required engineering level be able to even start to kill one if you see what i mean so maybe if they run it for another week more people would be able to join in so maybe you
3: you don't think you can kill one in an unengineered federal assault ship say
0: i don't know i don't i I think it would be
4: significantly more difficult to do it I'm not saying it can't be done but the difficulty and it's not just about the shields it's about the maneuverability and the speed that you would need to man- maneuver to dodge the attacks and uh, stay in the fight
3: i, mean, uh, I have to remember, i haven't even tried because you know i basically i think these are at worst thargoids who are using us as meat shields against the real bad guys which, Which, in I my opinion, is just way? as bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you well, know, if, so- no, if someone's going to be attacking you, then you get, you know, you get behind the biggest, baddest bully around, and that kind of describes humanity.
2: Yeah, me and Ben were talking about this earlier, and to be fair, if they are using us a meat shield, um, we can't actually understand them, even if they are asking for help. Yeah, the noises that they're making, they could well be saying, you yeah, know, There are people following us. Can you? Well, not people. There are bigger Thargoids following us. Can you give us a hand?
4: If they're using us as a meat shield, why don't they just go around us, stick their tongue out of the bad Thargoids, go, nah, 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 come and get us? And then. Maybe
3: that's what they're doing. It's just that, you know, we're kind of getting in the way a little bit.
2: Possibly. Possibly. I mean, I'm I'm quite upset with the way the um, Inra storyline is going from
0: what I've seen on YouTube so far, so... Yeah. No well, I mean, is
3: definitely one. being painted as the bad guys, which isn't exactly a big surprise.
0: Well, I don't know, to be honest. I think this is definitely the point where, to use other comparisons, and humanity thought its back was so much against the wall, it was willing to do anything to survive and to tell you the truth if you were in that kind of de- disparate situation wouldn't you consider all options
4: oh yes because certainly historically um britain in 1940 when it thought it was an imminent invasion by nazi germany they were prepared to go way further than the nazis were to defend britain than the nazis were to, to, you know to do uh for berlin i mean we were prepared to use biological weapons mm. to scorch earth the whole of the south of England with anthrax you know it was we were just prepared to go so much further um so read into that as you as you will but historically there is that case for the side that is prepared to go the furthest is most likely to uh, be victorious discuss morally i guess well
0: oh, i think i think we've gone into a deep discussion right there at the moment shall, shall we bring it back to more more frivolous matters and, so. and discuss oh, something. <laughs> and and discuss <laughs> discuss something which doesn't involve computers. It involves imagination, strange, ten-sided dice. Imagination. <laughs> and a very, very well put together book. <laughs>
5: <laughs> i can't see that catching on no no, no. yeah no it'd be 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 great yeah
0: um so john and oliver you are you are here with um the the edrpg we I mean, we had dave hughes on last week so um you've got yourselves on this week would you like to um first of all explain um about this update that you would like
6: uh, to tell our listeners about
5: yes yeah, do you want to do that john
6: yeah um yeah. Yeah, I I'll I'll step in then. Um basically uh to to cut a very long story short, um when we launched the book back at um at that thing we're not allowed to call Frexpo. Um when when we launched the the book, it was great to be able to have so many people come up and get themselves a, a physical copy of the book. But we also knew that by launching it um at that point in in uh, where is it back in October um, that we were also going to be imminently posting out the books to all our backers that wanted it we were going to be able to offer split postage for people who had the larger pledge levels but wanted to get hold of their core books straight away and um, so we had we had all of this in our mind but we relied very heavily on the people who were doing the back office to our kickstarter campaign the people who were collecting all the money collecting the addresses checking that everybody had got the right orders because they were the people that were meant to um give everyone free access to the pdfs they're the people who are meant to send all this information to the fulfillment guys in the warehouse to tell them where to send the books and from the end of october uh we had heard nothing from them i mean they went dead uh, in the september. water september. sorry end of september yeah. even they went dead in the water and there was nothing and we kept sending emails uh slightly more frantic every time and we came to a point where there was nothing now I, I didn't have a phone number, they're based in the US, I couldn't you know, do anything else other than carry on continually spamming them with emails. So in the end, we just threw our hands up in the air and said, right, well, if we're not going to be able to get pledge manager from pledge manager, we're going to have to invent one of our own. And so we've basically been spending the last three weeks frantically trying to invent something that someone else has already invented a long time ago, but we didn't have access to for those three weeks. And uh, yeah, and what we wanted to say basically was that we're pretty much done now. Um, We've managed to get most people's information transferred over from Pledge Manager to a new website, which is just edrpg.co.uk. And most people, most of our backers now have had an invite to set up an account in which they will see their pledge and it's where they can download their PDFs and they can also go in if they haven't already and opt to split their postage so they can be sent their core books early. Um, yeah. And that's, so that's what we wanted to get out there. The messages, mm. apologies. It's been late. Apologies. It's taken such a long time, but it was completely outside of our control. But we managed to fix it in the end.
3: Yay.
5: Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, not, uh, which is not to say that, you know, we, we don't not that we don't take responsibility for it because of course we, we did choose um, pledge manager uh and you know they were you know effectively you know they were the guys we chose to be working for us and it's really been the only sort of you know a bit in the puzzle which has kind of led us down it's been uh, it's been awful because it's just the bit we have we have all the books in the warehouse and we couldn't get them out so so i mean so yes i mean regardless of 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 blame yeah I th- we would like to apologize that it has taken so long it's been very frustrating because we um we spent quite a lot of money ensuring that the books arrived um in the first week of october just so we could dish them all out and uh yeah we were we were we, we were distraught uh when we couldn't get them out immediately so we have been spending you know many many nights you know manually transferring all that data um we know that for our next one uh, we'll be able to run it uh, almost completely through the website. So we've kind of got our own uh, version of Pledge Manager kind of, you know, uh, set up now.
6: Yes, um, all, the, all yeah. the coding pain that we've gone through over the last couple of weeks has meant that we don't have to do that again, thank God. But uh, yeah. Yes. And um, yeah, and so the books are, they've been posted. Last week they were being shipped and this week they're, they're being shipped. And so if people haven't received the confirmation yet, um, they will get a confirmation very soon from uh, GameQuest, our distribution company, saying your book is on your way. Uh, any t- anyone inside Europe, it's um, you'll get a tracking number as well, so you can follow that. Um, and if you haven't received anything at all, it is likely that you are the one of the sixty odd people who, for one reason or another, have not quite given us all the information that we need um, to finish your particular pledge. But we will be contacting you um and and bothering you about that so that we can get everyone their core books uh within yeah within well as, as soon as possible
0: oh excellent and um how's the how's the rest of the RPG being received at the moment is it, are you getting positive feedback
6: we've had some lovely reviews really really nice reviews and um a, a whole bunch of different um streamers and youtube channels have grabbed hold of it and started to uh, play their own games and it's lovely to see actually really really nice to get that kind of positive feedback after so much hard work um but we're kind of in a way really loving it but also it's like right we need to carry on sorting out the distribution side of things and of course we've now got the supplements to write as well so we're still well and truly in the construction phase of the operation we can't kick back yet put our feet up on the desk you know brush our hands of it and go job done we are still well and truly in the middle of production um but we just felt that we needed to get the core book out first get people actually with the physical thing in their hands get them playing the game um and then uh they'd be happy to wait for the supplements ben hello ben
0: hello ben have we lost Ben's ben?
5: dead. Oh Ben's ben. dead. Oh no. no. Oh, is that better? Oh it, it is. is. Hello. Did, you, did you
0: forget to press the, the,
3: press I, the, I had, the speak I, button? Uh, okay, we're getting onto to technical thing for a second. So I've got a a three-way foot pedal. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay.
6: Yeah. How I
3: many feet? <laughs> I've just got two feet, but it's got two
0: pedals on it. You might be boasting. <laughs> um
3: and i anyway i had my foot in the middle pedal not my not the right pedal i see
0: cool
4: and this so, is where i go drive so what's on the third pedal
3: <laughs> uh i think actually all at least one of them is meant to be that's the coffee machine, one's a control it? one is push to talk and one is something else might no. be a screenshot button or something like that i think
5: <laughs>
3: um <laughs> But anyway, I was just saying that I'm really looking forward to it because this Friday I'm going to be playing my first game and it's also the very first game I've ever GM'd as well. Oh, really? Oh, fantastic. I'm really kind of antsy scared because I've got two very, I'm not going to say professional, very experienced role players in the group. I've got one person who's never done anything and one person who's played a couple of games at LaveCon and stuff like that but that's about the, the height of their experience so we've got a very mixed crowd just remember
5: to be really cruel all the time and uh no no i'm sure you will uh,
3: um uh so most of the guys here know commander hobar and so he is one of one of the guys and i've already been being cruel to him and i've got lots <laughs> more plans to be even more cruel <laughs> I mean, don't so, forget uh, the weasel rats yes <laughs> oh god i can't bring in the weasel rat
2: um, rat. Uh,
5: um, yes have you got a plan roughly for your um what's your your adventure going to be roughly about without wanting to spoil it for your your, your players
3: well without wanting to spoil it for the players all they know at the moment is they've all been summoned to various parts of Lave station um and they have stuff to do one of them knows where they got to go to, but that's it. And at the moment, none of them know anything about each other. Right. Um, and I can't really say much more. Okay, no, um, no, of course. Without spoiling things for them. No, 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 no,
0: yeah, no. Last, as, long, uh, as long as they don't need to, to reissue about four or five clones, I think they'll be fine.
3: Uh. Oh, you mean uh,
5: like
0: in uh, Paranoia? Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh,
3: uh, I think. Oh, well, Hobar. I'm. I don't think I'm giving anything away here that he doesn't mind being given away. But he's kind of playing, a, a, I guess, a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde or Frankenstein kind of character. Um, just uh,
0: let uh, me. Just let everybody know: is his is Hobar's nappy bulletproof? <laughs>
3: Hobar doesn't even have a nappy. I mean, this is actually one of the examples of what I was kind of evil with Hobar in in that. He wanted to be ancient and decrepit and stuff like that. Right. And I was so what, like, thus okay. needing the nappy. <laughs> yeah, thus needing the nappy. And I was like, okay, that could be interesting. But you're going to have to be running around a base. Mm. How are you going to do that? Space Zomer!
5: Yeah. how? <laughs> I mean, in fairness, um, uh, I, I, I think probably incontinence is something that they've, they've kicked in the Elite Dangerous Universe. There's very little um physically that you can suffer from <laughs> they cover I mean, no, no, this is true this is not me just just saying this um it um almost, almost everything uh that you can imagine suffering from um that they've got solutions for um and so without going to details as long as you, long can, as you get, can afford it as long as you can well it's true technically yes if you're too poor to avoid um uh progenitor cell tech and you're even too poor to uh, afford cybernetics it it, it is conceivably possible but um but most people will get that sort of thing for free on their um their their corporations the the people who um who employ them
3: he was wanting to i think you said the average lifespan is you know a couple hundred years or something like that more or less double what we are now yeah
5: yes i mean normally about one. 50 i think hmm. emperor duval got to about 202 but he was very well
3: yeah I mean, no I, we he was kind of wanting to be you know i am somebody in my late 90s in our terms so right. that's you know, that's the kind of okay how decrepit he was wanting to be i see i'm 202 uh, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> in um, my I, day. I think we did dial it back to at least allow him to be able to walk around Okay, uh, but I have I've given him. He is old, and I've given him penalties to movement and stuff like that okay. to reflect all this.
0: But well, yeah. surely, surely they've got skimmer technology so that they can now have those kind of Professor X hover chairs.
3: Possibly, but uh, just, I, I've
0: not seen that in the rule book. But it doesn't mean to say they,
3: it's not there.
5: They, I don't think they'd have hover chairs. Um, what I mean, what you'd normally do, they um, if you're as elderly as this chap. You'd normally hang out, you know, in the space stations, That there's the great, you know, the, the big round uh, round ones. There's the there's the big round one and there's a smaller uh, round one. That one is at about 50% gravity. So what you normally do if you're elderly is to go into the inner ring because there the gravity is half. And so you're actually able to stand and walk around much more easily um, uh, than you would in full gravity. So, um, I mean, there are actually ways, even though he's quite decrepit he should be able to move around with with reasonable fluidity with uh i mean certainly once he's made uh, a few thousand he'll be able to get medication for most of the things that he's suffering from yeah yeah so you Um, know he can't use it as a block make sure there are some players who will create characters just to sort of thwart you and be a twat yes yeah well yes yes that's it and um so yes if he thinks if he thinks that just being old is enough to sort of get around the the medical utopia of elite dangerous then he's he's got another thing coming because um there's there's completely ways around that so uh no no you can you can you can
6: thwart that ben don't uh i'm
3: i'm allowing all these things to happen i'm just giving him penalties to two things fine Fine. and have
6: him have him accidentally injected with combat stems at some (laughs) (laughs) off he goes.
4: Oh, That's uh, the equivalent be of it. double
6: espresso.
0: <laughs> yes. oh, it
4: sounds, it sounds like space Viagra.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. So swap <laughs> his uh, rations for high-fiber versions, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, just, and then start I, a I countdown. The, yep. <laughs> yeah. Roll a ten, and on a on a zero, you have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's that.
5: That's that game sorted. Then. No, yeah, you you absolutely. You can just fill the game with that. Actually, no, yeah, yeah. The mission, well, the um, mission for the rest of the team are to keep them alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, well, good luck with it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure for, I not
3: actually thought about streaming it. I don't. I'll...
5: I think you should, and I will listen.
3: Oh, God help us all. I, will uh, listen. Uh, I don't know what time we do. Actually, I should know what time we're doing We're doing it sometime on Friday. Well this oh. is going to be this was my question was going to be to you
1: Ben was actually is this your first GMing? This is my very first GM and yes. Oh, oh. Exciting. So, uh, and one of the the questions cuz we had uh, Dave Hughes on last week and one of the things that from from my point of view and you know how I look at the role playing games and stuff is how the heck do I arrange a game now? I know there's, there's forum groups in the Elite Dangerous forums. There are Facebook pages mm. and stuff, but is there somewhere? Because what I'm always thinking is, as if I was a single, single person, uh, if I was mm. you know a, a single entity coming into it and thinking I really want to play a, a role play game, but I don't know anybody, and I don't know any of yeah. the GMs, and I don't want to go and tag into one of the, or I'm not a member of the Elite forums. Um, and we talked about, are there any systems out there where you, as a GM, can say, I'm looking for X amount of players and people can sign up and it takes the places away and he can choose who he's going to take in and who he's not? Um, yeah,
5: I mean, the best place for that, for EDRPG, best place for that is the, uh, the Discord channel. Uh, the uh, EDRPG Discord channel. We'll send a link so you can bang it in the notes and uh, I've
3: got I've got the link it's already there. Have you? I'm Fantastic. I'm into... If you if you
5: post that up, that, it that seems to well. be one of the, the best places. Uh because they're, they're ever so keen. They're a grand bunch. And uh Olivia if you're listening, I, I promise we will do that QA. Um we we I promise we'll get around there's just a couple of things happening this week um that slowed us down. But uh we'll we'll I promise we'll go back to you soon. But they're a really uh, lovely bunch and they're uh they they sort of you that they do their kind of optional also set up games uh, and also very kindly um, they they are doing uh, helping us with the official errata as well um, which is uh thank the official well, what sorry kind. the official errata um uh, but i don't think in fairness there, there isn't a role playing game book out there that hasn't got <laughs> you know some uh little hiccups in it and so they've been finding all the uh, the little nooks and crannies uh uh in the book where uh things aren't necessarily 100 uh accurate uh, but um yeah we, we'll um we'll produce uh an art hopefully before the end of the year and sort of uh, get that updated onto the website but uh but it's nothing really game breaking there it's, it seems to be sort of all right the worst um the worst thing uh there's the the uh hull reinforcement module data uh is a bit iffy um so we'll we'll put that on the errata so that you know kind of people can uh, correct that but for them mostly it's been all right uh and it's it, it the books held together uh quite well uh
6: but there were how many how really many pages then. does um fifth edition D have as errata
5: i think is it seven pages i go, think though. it's seven pages and i think I think by the end of this, we'll have two. So, you know, that's it's not bad. <laughs> that. but, you know, you, you always you kick yourself. For,
0: Although, for I a must admit, that. Grant, one of the things that I've, I've personally been working on is a couple of uh, little little third-party um, apps for Elite Dangerous, such as, you know, Looking for Wing and, uh, and a bounty hunting board. And I suddenly realized that, actually, the Looking for Wing functionality is pretty similar to uh, trying to match up a group so hopefully in the next couple of weeks i'll have a a a pilot or an alpha website where people can try and match uh rpg groups or set up gaming sessions uh where people can you know try and arrange things for for most of most of the elite dangerous rpgs
5: oh that'd be very cool
1: i've
0: uh,
1: uh, i've I've added a little timer to the bot in the chat that will put out your discord link and uh Sort of give people the information that if they're looking for an EDRPG game that they can go there and get hooked up. Until we have uh, a more wow. third party, it's just one of those things that I always sort of. It's like for me, it's just a personal thing that I would like is to be able to go and oh, I fancy running a, an RPG, but none of my friends are available tonight. So if I put it on this website and I can get five people in ten minutes, because the nice thing about the roleplay games now is that there's an abundance of tools. To run it online, that are very good, Mm -hmm. Um, yes, Mm -hmm. and that's the beauty. But unfortunately, we still don't have the ability that you have at a nice convention is an abundance of people (laughs) that you can easily grab four or five from. So it's trying. I was always concerned that it's it's all great. I've got ED RPG. I've bought Elite Encounters, and I can't find anyone to play with or i can only do a two-player game with my gran and she's not very good
6: (laughs) 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 it is it is it's it's much easier for um the likes of of dave and ourselves to make available to um players things that they can use um On uh, Roll20 and various other online platforms, such as the combat maps um, and other bits and pieces like that. It's easier for us to produce those because they are free on the website to download and use. The harder thing for us all is to set up some kind of forum where we would invite people to come in and play the game because I just think for one RPG alone, it probably wouldn't work or it would be a lot of effort for. Not a lot of return. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. But once, Grant, you've got your group together, hopefully you'll play for weeks and weeks uh, stringing along a nice, big, long adventure. Um, and so what we really need is we need something out there in the ether where all RPG groups can go on to and very much like Roll20 or even a spin off from Roll20 or some of the other places where people can go on and do exactly as you say pinboard up i'm looking for for this friday i need up to six it's likely to run for six weeks that kind of thing would be amazing
5: yeah. i mean another place that's quite good is um uh, i mean it, it mostly focuses on dungeons of dragons the end world is quite a central uh, set of forums uh where i've seen people uh, advertise for games uh, a number of times the only reason why i'd say that the discord channel Uh, is slightly better is because that channel is is totally free d rpg so if you're looking for a a game that you know people people are going to say yes if you offer to run a game there people will say yes so it's um you know certainly at the moment now the game is kind of fresh and new and people have uh you know start to get the books and they're getting excited uh yeah definitely Um,
6: definitely for us yeah uh
5: questions from the stream um, will we do any more kickstarter add-ons
6: john do you want to answer that mm, yeah well um we had some amazing um ideas when the um kickstarter was first launched to do further books which is great and we also had um a lovely plan to do um an amazing set of three-dimensional deck mm. plans. Yeah. this was where we would have um layered plans that could then be peeled off as, as, as the players made their way through the bulkheads in the various ships. And we were tentatively discussing with Frontier the idea of nicking some of the um, internal layouts for these ships. Um, but of course, we didn't get to that level of uh, funding. We'd love to, is the answer. But here's, here's the production schedule that we're on at the moment. We've released the core book. People can now go to the EDRPG website, buy themselves a physical copy of the core book. But you can also see there what we're looking to produce for February next year, which is a box set. This is a collector sleeve where the core book goes in and so do four smaller supplements, allowing players to extend their adventures into military expi- exploration espionage and into the world of super traders once we've released all of that post february next year we will have a big launch party thing where the physical copy of those five books will be for sale also that's the point at which we will be distributing them to shops so the likes of forbidden planet places like that you will be able to walk into and buy your physical copy once we've done that we will then be able to test the water What's the fan base like? How many people have bought the book? What kind of engagement are we looking at? How many members of the Discord channel? How many subscribe to the Facebook page? Once we've got that um, worked out, we would then be able to take a guess at how many of those people who've bought the core book would be interested in buying further supplements. Um, And it's always going to be a set percentage. And so if there's enough people out there who are playing the game and bought the core book and who are enthused about it, well, then, yeah, the answer is we'd love to be able to start chucking out some supplements. But we're pretty sure that Frontier would not want us to do anything Kickstarter-y from now on. I think from now on they would want us to kind of publish it ourselves and throw it out there rather than do Kickstarter. Yeah. That's my guess.
2: Maybe consider something like Patreon.
5: Oh, I, uh, I don't think that would be. Uh, we we have to if we um, uh, I mean, to a certain extent we can't we can't discru- discuss um, our commercial arrangements with Frontier because we've we've signed a contract. If there's anything to do with raising money for Elite Dangerous, we do have to check with Frontier first. I think what. I mean, I don't want to put um, words in their mouths. So I think what Frontier are worried about in terms of crowdfunding is the issue of people not delivering. Um, and although um, we've kind of crossed that Rubicon by getting the books <laughs> done, um, there's still always that, that that fear. I think they're they're worried maybe about sort of a brand... Uh, sort of brand issues, things like that. But they are entitled, um, you know, to uh, we we have to consult them when it, to, it comes to sort of you know uh, raising money for the project. Because what we do uh, also reflects on them. Mm. So uh, yeah,
1: it's it's one of those things, yeah. though, isn't it? You've you've done your your crowd funding, and therefore at this point you should be on your own feet. You know, if you know what I mean. So from this point forward, you mm-hmm. should hopefully have. Um, the customer base that means you don't need to crowdfund they're already waiting for your next product and ready to hit the buy button at a moment's notice that's this sort of, the, the sort of dream that you want to be in isn't it
6: yes and that's why we we would we would look at percentages that's why we we would look at how many core books have we sold over what period and therefore um, after you know having worked out what kind of percentage of um, further publications we think we can sell to the fan base yeah we would then wait until we got to a set figure and then say we think it's worthwhile doing now so this is what we'll do um,
0: yeah I mean I, I must admit I do know I've had an experience dealing with Frontier about their their quality can uh are concerns about quality uh, I mean, obviously, <laughs> anybody who's seen the three D models that I've I've been using for the the miniatures games, they're not up to the quality that I would like. And Frontier have said, yes, it's a good idea, but the the quality needs to be at a at a certain level. So <laughs> where I am with that is pretty much right. Trying to find somewhere that will will produce models that I can afford to. That can be that are affordable and they look good. <laughs>
1: As you can see, Wingy, well, exactly. Uh, sorry, Winjin Palm is just saying that there's a bunch of co- companies that do multiple Kickstarters. I do have, and it's it's maybe just because of, you know, being self-employed and running my own business. I have a, a slight issue with continual Kickstarters because the the thing about a Kickstarter is you put a hundred percent of that risk. Um, of the project ever coming to fruition is obviously on on the the, the, the onus is on the Kickstart backers the backers pay into that fund and then it's all on trust and a company that continuously puts that onto their customers is it's kind of like not having confidence in your own product. So therefore, well, I yes. don't want to commit to it until yeah. I make sure I've got money. Or, the one that really winds me up is, we've been working on this project for 20 years. It's been in the back burner. We've never actually been able to get it past uh, any publishings or any other testing means to get it to market. So let's stick it on Kickstarter. We won't have to do any work for it because it's already already <laughs> done. And, then, yeah. th- and I've seen that yeah. as well. And that really winds me up. So... Um, Funnily enough, I was looking at a Kickstarter today for the five fiction books way back, oh crikey, 2000 and whenever, I can't remember, uh, for the fantastic books, audiobooks, um, and that was a a real community Kickstarter back then, and that's the things that are nice, once you get it kicked off and you've got it, then it's all down on to getting those nuts and bolts in, getting a product out there, dealing with fussy backers,
6: (laughs) but why would you want to put yourself through that again?
1: you don't really need yeah, to
6: do you also have to be careful that you're not you know you as you say grant you you've once a company has a successful product you've then got to run with that successful product and use that to a certain extent to fund your next one and so on I'm, but playing playing devil's advocate of course the great thing about kickstarter is is that it allows you to test the water because if there's one thing everyone here will probably agree and that is the number of people who've come up to them and said at one point or another wouldn't it be great if we had this or that oh, yes. and the number of emails i get in going yeah but you need a ship guide you need one book that has all of that in there. great it's 20 grand Mm. so let's just think about this carefully because we as a very small company cannot afford to publish something for twenty thousand pounds because we'd want it to be the same quality as the core book because we'd want to use the same artists the designers we'd want to make sure it was at the same level and i'm sure frontier would insist on that too we would then need to make sure that we knew we were going to get that back and so there is a massive risk there. And, of course, it's easy when you kickstart it because you can go, fine, yeah. I want 20 grand. If I get it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. And there you go. So there is that bit, which is an advantage. But I kind of get where you're coming from, Grant. After a while, you want to have faith in the people that you are selling to, to know.
5: Yeah. I mean, we were know. very um, – we, uh, we didn't want the kickstarter uh, sort of process to last a huge period of time i mean by the time that we'd done kickstarter the book i mean it wasn't completely written but it was largely written and so we already knew that once it was done it could go straight into full production there wasn't to be a delay of going right we've got the money let's start tapping out all the various things it was um it was in a very complete state from that point and what the kickstarter allowed us to do was commission large amounts of art and to um employ our designer to uh, go to town on it and also to finish off there were a few little bits um that that did need to be finished off in text but for the most part you know all the rule structures you know things like the opponents all the vehicles the spacecraft the equipment all the nuts and bolts of the game was were already in and it had already been play tested and if, if you don't do that then you have this strange situation where you're waiting for an awfully long time um For you know your to come to fruition, and we just wanted it you know the money to be there yeah um to 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 pay for it to go through and to ship it out and that was um and I think people just have a bit more faith in uh in kickstarters that do that um and so hopefully if we do do another one if if that 's what we we do opt to do cool. that people will remember oh well'll remember e d r p g that was out very quickly. Um, And we want to do exactly the same thing.
1: Well, I I get. I mean, I do understand that the you know the you've got to have something to show. There's nothing worse than an empty Kickstarter, which says I'd like to do this. Can you give me all your money, please? And then they haven't got any expertise, (laughs) and they hit all these pitfalls. The thing about uh, your particular Kickstarter as well was it was a large amount. It was considerably larger than most of the previous Kickstarters, but it demonstrated one major thing you'd done your costing. So there wasn't going to be any surprising. And you can't do that without having, you know, really strong plans. So I think there's an awful lot of merit in that. But you can see on Kickstarter on a weekly basis, businesses that are selling old crap for new. And just, mm-hmm. yeah, it gets my back up a bit. But as you see, if it's a new project and you're a small business, Kickstarter might be the answer, but what did people do before Kickstarter? How did you get these products to as as a business? You guys have got your you got your customer base now, so you're hopefully you've got that strong support that will back you throughout and will always be there. Your nice loyal market which should be Yeah.
6: You know there. <laughs> I mean, Interest interesting you should you should ask that question grant, about the, the the what did people do before because for 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 role playing games, there's a very specific history that can be traced alongside Kickstarter. Um, a lot of businesses have had a um, a, re- a real injection um, through something like through the crowdfunding mechanic, um, but I don't think any quite as closely. Um, supported as the role playing game market has been. Because for years and years and years, you didn't, is basically the answer to your question. If you wanted to get a role playing game out there, because publishing costs a freaking fortune, you just didn't unless you had a huge amount of money behind you. And when you did make a gamble, companies rose or fell on making that next good RPG because you'd have to print x tens of thousands of copies at x tens of thousands of pounds and plus you have to pay everybody else up front before you made the book and then you'd close your eyes throw it out into the audience and hope someone liked it along comes kickstarter and it turns everybody into a publisher so everybody suddenly can start publishing so the number of rpgs that have been made has increased exponentially it's grown and the business has flourished and a lot of smaller publishing companies have come along and set themselves up so for role-playing games itself, the Kickstarter mechanic has been brilliant, um, and it's allowed a lot of smaller companies like ourselves to to um, begin. But I can already feel that it's not a fatigue of Kickstarter, but it's like you, Grant. People are wary of the. The, the mechanic being abused, I think more than anything else, if we can i mean we we are already working on several more several other projects, some within the elite dangerous world, some completely nothing to do with it, and um, there are different models for each one because yes we 've got a loyal elite dangerous fan base now who love the RPG. Could I necessarily guarantee that they would like the next RPG we make on a subject that 's got nothing to do with space? simulation and space combat not sure so would i be tempted to kickstart that yes potentially but then there's also other ways in which you can start to attract crowds other than kickstarting by doing playtesting and various other things but kickstarter for 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 the rpg industry has been a phenomenal way of changing the industry from a few massive great big engines to now uh, a a large number of smaller houses publishing their their games
1: is the is the rpg world all the richer for it
6: hmm
5: good questions there
6: (laughs) yeah i mean there are some there are some great little games but i don't know it's like um i guess it's like anything it's like music these days you know you can make a music video by um buying a uh, A you know a 50 quid mic and a camera and off you go um yeah, I mean, there's 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 some drivel out there, and there's, but there's also been some incredible creation. It's lovely to see more and more people being able to turn their hobby into something more than their hobby. You know um, that,
1: that is the that. biggest attraction I have to Kickstarter is seeing someone with a genuine dream that needs that foot up, and then being able to play a small part and getting that dream started, and then watching them, you know, go the full hog and all the way, and and see that dream come to a reality. And I think that's the biggest justification. For for the Kickstarter as a as a whole. Um. I think it is you know, it is a wonderful wonderful uh, website and it's great certainly I think most of the other, Indiegogo was the one that really wound me yeah. up where you could donate and then they could keep it regardless of whether they made their goal or not and I suppose Ooh. the difference between yeah that was that, one that was sore I lost money in that um, I, <laughs> they didn't get the goal but they didn't give me a refund you think Ugh. so there's a nice mm. bit of protection in Kickstarter for the end bidders and pledgers and I suppose the big difference between that and having your own website 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 saying are you interested in this and would you buy it is that when someone puts money towards something that means they're definitely going to be there when that product Mm. comes to market whereas if you have your own website where they just sort of click a yes I'm interested everybody in the world clicks it and then maybe what two three four percent of them actually come through when it's there so I can understand the value of it and you know I'm really chuffed that you guys got over the line because we've had such a good laugh uh, playing
6: your yeah. RPGs as well. I mean we we are we were gobsmacked when we got the amount that we got um you know 86,000 on the Kickstarter and then the pre-ordering since then has tipped us over the just over a hundred thousand in, in total through the campaign, which has been phenomenal but what it 's made what it 's allowed us to do and I make no bones about this you know Oliver and I would love to make this our full time job but we can 't afford to at the moment because we 've not paid ourselves yet mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the reason we haven 't done that is because we wanted to make a book that was um, you know was was of the quality that we know that the elite dangerous community expect but also five years on from their own kickstarter of course frontier developments is a much bigger animal now than it ever was when it was first kickstarting and it it expects a certain level of professionalism and all the rest of it so we've spent all the money we can on making um the the book amazing because we're, we're expecting and we're relying on in a certain respect, but also we're quite confident that once the full book is released with all the supplements, it looks amazing and it will take off and people will love it. And of course, it, you know, with, with us launching now, um, you know, the, the, the potential marketplace um, with their tie in with Tencent in China is just phenomenal um, because that's, a, <laughs> could you imagine? One of the um, yeah one one of the books that we can sell out to the Chinese market once frontier breaks into uh, selling elite dangerous to the Chinese it could potentially be the RPG market
3: like in China and it's something I don't really associate but I've got no idea
5: yeah it's, Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's, but it's the thing is, you don't need very many.
6: Yeah. No. So. Well, it's it's not it's not like the Western RPG market. That's the one thing we do know. It isn't that it has been for thirty years uh, based on D and D and derivatives thereof. Um, you know, this the Chinese market is new, and it's new in many respects. And so, a release of a um, science fiction um rpg like ours would be new to the chinese market but it wouldn't be one that's that's already familiar with dungeons and dragons with pathfinder and with some of the older and bolder ones because they won't have heard of those either so it kind of levels the playing field in that respect
5: anyway anyway yes there we go rpg <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's well, it. otherwise Taking we'll talk forever shot.
6: we will talk forever so <laughs> well you <laughs> see, this
0: to is us up well, this is the thing, because we know that Grant suffers from a severe Kickstarter addiction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he really needs therapy to deal with it. But as we're on the subject of Kickstarter, and, and as John has already mentioned, it's five years ago, isn't it? Uh, it's sure. supposed to be five years ago, is it this week? It was
4: on the 5th. It was on the 5th, yeah.
0: So, just quickly, anybody got any memories they just like to share about the moment they found out the Kickstarter was on.
4: I hang my head in shame because I read the Kickstarter and thought, Ooh, that looks really good, but I've never heard of a Kickstarter and it's a lot of money, so I'll wait until it comes out.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: that kind of <laughs> How I regret. Sketch. Yeah. I will, hang my head a bit
2: <laughs> I will hang my head a little bit further. I never knew about the Kickstarter for Elite Dangerous. I only knew about it when I see one of my friends playing it. Oh no! (laughs) Who are these people? Did we let them in here on purpose? (laughs) I don't (laughs) know, Grant.
5: Um,
4: Well, I did did join, I think it was July 2014, I think I started playing. So I was. Once it got far enough along, you know, it was going to come out. But when I saw it in 2012, I hadn't even heard of Kickstarter. I just didn't but they want 125 quid for what? <laughs> yeah. um, well, was that for the level you wanted? It was, yes, because I mean, i, I mentioned it before, that I always regard as Elite as my, as my game, because I first played it in 84, and it's been a game I fell in love with then and have never stopped. So have that level of investment only to be disappointed again wasn't yeah, a risk yeah. I, I was prepared to take. I wish I had found, well, in hindsight, that, you know, it was just at the time, it was 125 quid, and <laughs> it just seemed a bit of a gamble, really. Uh,
3: Is uh, anything you want so to you can... talk to us about, Grantia? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, it's not that.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I, should, I
3: should really, you know, cite
1: uh, Elite Dangerous in the grounds of my addiction to Kickstarter, because it was their fault. I wasn't even looking at Elite. <laughs> I backstar Citizen. Ooh, <laughs> so did I And i tell you what, someone's I was it still waiting on it. it was only £25 Yeah, yeah, I wish, I wish I'd wish i got it at that level um, But uh, from that I then saw that the Elite Dangerous Kickstarter had been, and in fact Gone, so I completely missed it I think it was February that I came along And then they were just opening the shop And saying that they're going to keep the tiers and things And options open, and I was like Yeah Dancer! So I want to watch, and uh, back to a ridiculously stupid level because I wanted mm. tickets to the exclusive launch party that they then went on to sell tickets for near the time. <laughs> Just making me curse my investment. But that
3: launch party were awesome. You have to admit.
1: Oh, I have no issues, I have no regrets. It's one of the things we've talked about in the past. Is that you know what you got in return for your money with Elite is so much more. When you look at the terms of how richer your lives are, how many more friends we've created, the events that we've been part of, the um, dreams that we've seen come true—from you know the likes of Chris Jarvis bringing Escape Velocity to to an official or uh, official unofficial. I can't remember what the technical term was, It a non-lore project for Frontier. That's amazing, you know, to get all these kind of things and to have the role-play games coming out, fiction written by our friends that we now can enjoy and and stuff like that. It's it's been a huge project and to see how many people's lives who have been touched with um, discrimination and issues and social anxieties, all coming together in this wonderful community that you just couldn't... You know, if you were trying to sell that, you couldn't charge enough.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, Ben, what was what was your experience, just quickly?
3: I mean, five years ago, what my son had just been born. Um, I had very, very little money. And I have to admit, I actually went in... Yeah, I think I went in at the... I think I started out at the £30 and then before the end of the Kickstarter, I got myself up to the I think it was the one that was the free the Cobra, the, the Explorer Cobra. Mm-hmm. Um I'm thinking, okay, well that'll get me into the secondary beater, I think it was. Um And then I saw before they finished the Kickstarter that they'd be keeping the tiers on. And then I thought, right, I will in another couple of months' time when I get paid again. I'll get myself up to was it the ninety pound or whatever it was that gives us the the lifetime expansion expansion pass level.
0: Oh, premium beta, yeah. Yeah. But yeah,
3: I I'd always had my set my eyes on. I want to get myself to the premium beta level so I can get the lifetime expansion pass because I think it'll be worth it. I, um,
4: I regret not buying the lifetime pass then. I, I bought it when it became on sale for yeah. rise, but I do regret. Not interesting at that level because it would have saved me fifty quid or something. But mm. it's, uh, as Grant said, the richness of the community and just the breadth of the game. Even when I was even sort of coming on at uh, in July fourteen, it's just been an incredible experience.
0: And, oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally for me, I mean, it was it was a bit of a no-brainer. But saw it on the BBC website. Um, pitched in at something at like ridiculously low level and then just cancelled my SOTOR subscription and the money that was supposed to go to SOTOR just bumped or jauntied up the pledge band. It, it, there was a phrase that's... Mis-
3: does, does anyone know what's up with jaunty these days?
0: He um, posts on the on the forums from time to time. But, uh, yeah, the, the, it, the, the act of... <laughs> Upping your bid and going back and upping your bid so that you eventually got it up to a stupid level like I did, then that's known as doing the jaunty. So, or jauntying up.
3: And that even, the phrase jauntying up even made it into Kate Russell's book, didn't it?
0: Oh, well, yeah.
3: <laughs> Written there
4: somewhere. Yeah. I, I do wonder because I was looking back at what the level edge were today and the original Kickstarter. And I'm just wondering how many of those people who put in their really high amounts of stake are actually still playing the game and still around. because that, They're not named, and no one says, oh, I put in the £2,000 or whatever it was. <laughs> so I just wonder how many of those people are still around.
0: Oh, well, to be honest, there's a lot of still familiar faces who come back from time to time, I see.
1: Yeah, Lick was, I think, st- he's, not as, he's not as vocal as he used to be, but he's still about...
0: Mm.
1: He was one of the. So he John was the founder <laughs> world backer, and and uh, there's, there's quite a few of us that were up at the planet and station levels as well. And I think you know if you if you buy into a game with that, you might not be quite as v- easy to hear, shall we say? Because back then there's such a small community base before the game went on sale um, that it was very easy now for those voices to be drowned out and lost in the forums, whereas before they were very vocal and out there.
0: Mm-hmm. So, John and Oliver. I mean, uh, were you Kickstarter backers of, of Elite Dangerous? We,
6: we we rekindled our friendship through um, the uh, Elite Dangerous Kickstarter, yeah. basically.
5: Yeah, it, we we we. I mean, it it sounds awfully romantic. But can you John, play the
6: music, Grant? Yeah, by the yeah. way, can you do? Uh, have you got any
5: romantic music? John, um,
3: anytime. <laughs> not is... pizza music, for God's sake, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it, John.
5: Um, i met john um uh years ago i think it was in 2001 and we were on a um we were doing amdram together i think we were doing the merry wives of windsor and uh john at, th- at that age was was quite attractive uh a far cry of course from the bedraggled man you see now uh and also he was you know far too kind of cool for me uh, uh but we did um eventually uh bond over talking about the original elite and, um, I remember I had, um, I think someone had done a, a BBC master emulation, uh, uh, which I hocked and, uh, gave to John a floppy disk, um, which you could still use in those days. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, so we, we kind of bonded over playing that. And then years later, we happened to be working in the same company. And, um, I saw on YouTube, uh, a clip of David Braben, who i would long idolized. Um, and he was talking um to I, I think it was just another youtuber it was a uh, a, a woman who was piloting a Cobra mark three into Coriolis space station it, it, it could be something like e three just before they'd launched the the game and um there you know there she was she was you know lining up the ship going through the Coriolis port and the the space station just looked fantastic. You know, I was just astonished. And it was at that point that I, you know, went downstairs. I grabbed John and I said, come and look at this. And, you know, the two of us sat and watched it together with just beaming smiles. There and it was it was amazing stuff. And it was, um, so we with missed the Kickstarter. But fortunately, yeah, there was the thing where you can do the... Uh, I came in and premium beta because John got it for me for my birthday. And, oh. uh, yeah... And I, I, then didn't get it for his birthday. And he had to buy nope. a own copy. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, we, we we joined then, and I think it was, um, I think it was the um, playing the, uh, uh, what's it called, the flight simulator uh, test that they sent out. The Backers got it first. Yes. And then um, when Find it was released to the premium beta people, and I sat down. and I played that for the first time. I couldn't take the smile off my face. Guss, it was amazing it was just what I wanted. Um, you know, the the, the game to, to to be and feel like. So uh so yeah, yeah, it was it, it was uh great. So I came in, yeah, I missed the Kickstarter unfortunately. I just didn't see it, which is a shame. Because almost every year uh I would check for Elite Four. And there was that old website which I'm sure any of uh, you have been waiting, you know, have seen where, the, you know, uh, David Bray would have this thing about Elite Four. Yes, it is in development. We're making it. And, you know, uh, see, that's what 10, yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, bang, it appeared. Uh, but of course, I mean, yeah, I saw it when it was in a relatively uh, complete state. Um, so it really was a no-brainer for me. But yes, I caught it late and I kicked myself because it was the one time where I decided, no, it's never going to happen. And I'd stop looking for a couple of years and then then of course it was made, um, but yes, that's uh, that's that's my story with its uh, creation. So uh, yeah, I missed the Kickstarter, sadly.
0: Right. Well, um, I mean, one of the things that this Kickstarter has um, has caused is the community. So we'll just go over a little bit of community news. Um, Oh, and another creative item has appeared on the forums. The Elite Dangerous Storywriting contest, contest has been announced by Dale on the forums. Um, write a short story about anything that happens in the Elite uh, Dangerous Universe. The closing date is the de- December the 3rd, and they're looking for short stories between 1,000 and 2,000 words. Uh, full details are available on the forums, which we'll put a link in um drew Wigger has also been trying to show that there is a market for elite premonition in audiobook form uh um, so again there's another link on the forums and on twitter uh to let frontier know that there are people out there that want an, a new audiobook based on elite premonition premonition i think everybody here would would like
1: oh go ahead uh,
0: we, yeah, but we all we've know we want. Hands up we, the, uh, we,
1: we want Radio Theatre Workshop to, to produce it because of the quality yes, and the excellence. <laughs> However, this is an, yep. a prime example of that difficult to get away from a Kickstarter because there is a heck of a cost in time, effort, mm-hmm. music, and in, in production at the end of the day for that project. And for, I think we, we're, we're about 150 people that were all. Keen on on getting involved in that. So far, it's going to take an yep. awful lot more than that to justify it. Unfortunately, but yes, the cost, we want yeah. it. We want it. We want it.
0: Mm. Um, I'll just announce that. Well, I've got contact by the sovereignty. Uh, Sovereign. Ah, yeah. You know, DJ Truth say is uh, sovereignty. That's the one. I've seen my tongue's getting in the way of my, my mouth again. Uh, they've been, they're, they're a, they made an announcement that there is a PvP competition uh, held by the Privateers Alliance from 8 pm to 4 am UTC uh, on, I think it's November the 10th. Uh, it will be held at Bargeville Station in HIP 33368. To enter, you'll need a Vipermark Mark III and any modules you can buy at the station i.e. no power play modules, engineered modules, enhanced performance thrusters or heat-seeking missiles. Uh, so they're, they're trying to get a kind of level playing field to so that it's uh, it's pilot's skill that will win this PvP battle, uh, So and, and it's open to anybody. So <laughs> even if you're just harmless, turn up, have a laugh. Just make sure you've got the rebuy. <laughs> um, th- another news, the Fuel Rats Discord has closed. Um Ben, do you want um who who discovered this one?
2: That, that was Toxic, me. I believe.
0: Okay, Ashley, would you would you like to quickly Yeah, it just
2: came about as a message on their Discord i am just randomly checking it and I see pretty much all of it has been called away, it's been set to read only and they're just pushing for IRC only again. Um as far as I can tell it's just been too much of a pain in the backside for the tech rats to keep the link between IRC and discord open so they've just decided to close it permanently so the fuel rats are are definitely
4: still in business but they are definitely
2: still in business but it's only IRC now there is no more fuel rats discord
0: right so we'd just like to make that clear it's just a discord board that has closed not the fuel wraps themselves yes yes right okay um the Tane piper experiments with ed and Phillips hue hub lighting um who's been who's been looking at that
3: that was me so uh Fain piper who um oh, i can't remember if that's his real name or not I can't, i'm so bad so, sorry Fain. i can't remember um we, we we know him from leifcon and things anyway um and I'm having a brain fart about this. But anyway, but he's be- he went off and got himself the Philips Hue lighting, which is basically this lighting that you can programmatically control. And he's written an API that will tie it in with your commander's log. And you can. he's got it so that it reflects your star colors. Or it'll when you're going for the docking bay, it's- you've got red on one side, green on the other. Yeah, um, it's
1: one of these strange, of, yeah. strange systems that I remember um, seeing on the televisions and they called it kind of, I can't remember what they called it, but essentially when you're watching a program, it would light the back of the television up with a color kind of designed to enhance your viewing and to reduce eye strain and all kinds of wonderful things. So, so uh, when I saw that he'd been... Ambient uh, lighting yeah, kind of th- thing. Yeah, that kind of ambience in the background. Yeah, To see it, to, to see someone customizing it for Elite is it's
3: amazing. That's a great idea. in the video that he's done, just showing basically him playing around with it, that is is it. in game named Titus Balls.
0: Oh, good old T- uh, Titus Balls! Yes. Well, he he's done some fantastic videos as he, he as Mister like. Balls. <laughs> so or Commander Balls. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs>
0: but
3: it looks it's awesome, awesome stuff that he's gone off and done. <laughs> um,
0: so um, and i 'm quite hesitant about the next category, uh, mostly because i 'm thinking vogons i don 't know about anybody else at this moment in time, but a thread has appeared on the, um, on the forums asking commanders to to get in touch with their deep, poetic soul and write <laughs> and write some elite dangerous poetry, of which we have a few selected here favorites by the crew. So, <laughs> Shannon, um, would you like to do your one first?
4: Yes, Vogue on Poetry, indeed. Uh, my favourite one uh, was posted by uh, Nick Sticks, and it goes, O oh federal grunt beluga, thy microtransactions are to me As plural generation ships On a Cobra Mark III. Group, I implore thee, my hunting drones and hootitiously engineer me with creaky sidewinders or I will rend thee in the galaxy map with my fragment cannons. See if I don't.
0: <laughs> can I can, uh, just like to point this out? If anyone listens carefully, they can hear a very unique sound. I think that's the sound of Douglas Adams turning in his grave. <laughs>
5: oh. <laughs> Yeah, but it's based off Vogon poetry, and anything you do to Vogon poetry can only improve it.
0: (laughs) Yes. Okay, well, someone has been itching to do this one. Um, Mr. Ben Mosswood would please take it away.
3: I don't know. I'm not sure if this is even comparable to Vogon poetry or not. I'll give it a shot. So, pew, 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 pew.
6: Pew, 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 pew. pew. pew.
3: (laughs) Exactly. You know how it goes.
6: It's the light and shade of how you read Mm, that, Ben, that really moved me. Uh, Yes, (laughs) Yes. well, it it has been assigned to uh,
0: Commander Baldrick, 3301.
3: No, that that, that was Baldrick from 3301 by uh, Domara on the forums.
0: (laughs) Grant, have you got a favourite from this one yet? (laughs) <laughs> or are we, are we are we encroaching on travel territory?
1: You're getting close into travel territory, and yeah, there's a number of travels we've had <laughs> over the years that um, oh, that are really, really well. Po- the kind of poetic, kind of, but no, I've not, I've not partaken of these uh, <laughs> poems as yet. <laughs> Actually, you
3: can just- always post some of your your songs that you've done, Garant, as well.
0: Um, the, the the lyrics would be poems, yes.
3: I, I, I was listening to your Star Map poem the other day, actually, which was bringing back memories.
0: It does seem that, I must admit, the poetry thing has now turned into very much the dirty limericks towards the end. <laughs> but then again, if we're used to the level of, of uh, filth in the Drabble Show, it's actually quite tame. <laughs> Uh, I mean, personally, mine was "Roses are red, violets are blue." I'm honking in systems. I'm just passing through.
5: <laughs> that was yes, yes. I thought that was the best as well.
0: Yes, short, sure, sweet. Just leave yep. it alone. You're powerful, yeah. <laughs> Actually, did you have one?
5: That that, that was yeah. mine. What oh, was it? Mine. Yes, absolutely. No, I, I think you know. It's yes. It's it's. It, I like the double entendre. <laughs> that's good you know, to to fit a double entendre in so few words is actually quite a uh,
0: quite a few... Although the, the, there was one which I thought, hang on this one should be dedicated to one second technician uh, there was a commander from leave who went out on an all night rave, he drank too much stout and soon passed right out and woke up an imperial slave. Now that sounds like a second tech to me
2: <laughs> funnily enough, that's the one I picked thank you for reading it for me <laughs>
0: So, um, any other business before we, we just begin to wrap this thing up? Do we have any questions from the fo- from the from the Twitch chat?
3: I've not seen any fresh questions, so we do have a couple of shout-outs to give.
0: Okay, um, Ben, would you like to give a couple of shout-outs?
3: Okay, well, we're going double charity, but both for. Um, special effect so Alec Turner is probably still driving around a planet um, so at the, at the time he was sitting on 113 quid for special effects and he's now driven 630 kilometers and has about 440 odd kilometers left to go uh, but that was his update this morning I believe it was and, of course, Mike Brooks is also getting a shaven a haircut on the 6th of November at midday. And that's going to be at the Dun Cow in Christchurch. So he's yes. already Effectively
0: short. yesterday, then. Um, yes. So Has
3: there been any photos? I, don't I haven't no, seen any photos.
0: Oh, is it 11th, 11th, and I just can't read. Yeah. Have I think you I was just being... Me, I was
3: being I'm being dyslexic again with my dates. Yeah, it's the it's the 11th, not the 6th. <laughs> Cuz it's the 6th. How did you right. get it so wrong. Because it was the 6th yesterday when I was writing the show notes.
4: See. Yes, it, the, the total raised on the yeah. 6th of November was 2099 pounds and 7 pence.
3: Oh, it is not actually increased. Nobody's made any donations since yesterday then because it's still 2099 and 7 pence.
4: Well, hopefully people will Donate some more for a really
3: yep. good cause. Oh yeah, well and, they're both really good causes. And then just well, the, the same cause, aren't they?
0: <laughs> of a beardless Michael Brooks is is worth just a, a small <laughs> submission I, I fee mean, just see. to see.
3: <laughs> well, no hair either. Yeah, it's going to be very hard. Oh, I wonder yes. how many skips
4: they're going to use to take the hair away.
3: <laughs> 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 there's at least a type nine's worth, isn't there?
0: Well, let's, it's is so that rare a, good. Is he going to go for the full Sellersen and have the eyebrows done as well? Oh, he'd have to. He'd uh, have because, to. Yeah, because at, at, at a Fantasticon, I think a couple of years ago, um, Commander Sellersen, Dave Hughes, um, as part of uh, cancer research, went the full shave. And a certain Commander Fozzer decided, wouldn't it be a good idea to take the eyebrows off as well and pay <laughs> an extra for it?
2: Oh, well, why not? If you're going to go, if you're going to do it, do it all the way, go all the way.
0: Mm. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll make the usual shout outs for uh, LaveCon 2018. Um, I do believe, is it, is it still the 8th, the weekend starting the 8th of June, or have I got that wrong?
3: I think that sounds about
0: right. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> we, we will be making announcements as soon as... Um, as soon as we have tickets available, Uh, so I'm afraid uh, stay tuned on that one, Uh, and of course the usual uh, shout out to the CQC Discord for the discerning uh, commander who likes a bit of CQC action on PC on uh, Xbox and uh, PS4 if you want to to be able to have a a quick blast, then if you use that as a a forum, you can normally arrange a good game, probably within uh, a couple of Uh, a couple of minutes Uh, and uh, a quick shout out to the Pixel Bandits who are doing an Xbox only Tuesday night CQC session so if you're on the Xbox just pop over the chances are you'll probably be able to get again quite soon so um, yes I think uh, that's it for another episode of Lay Radio
4: I've got one more
0: thing to add sorry, someone's given a
4: spoiler warning that apparently tonight's Galnet News Digest mentions the contents of the INRA bases
0: Ooh, good catch! Good catch, because yes, Commander Witherspoon and his his Galnet news will be coming up at the end of tonight's show, which was missing. If you don't title. want spoilers, tune out. <laughs> yeah. So, part two. That is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at dot com, Facebook slash Lave Radio, and la- at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to http uh, tinyurl.com slash lay chat, or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out on teamspeak.laveradio.com. Laveradio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at about 830 ish and streamed out at on httplaveradio.com slash live. Thanks to John and Oliver. Thanks, Thanks very Matt.
5: much. Thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> sorry i'm uh, just buzzing other ships in uh, lave it's all kicking <laughs> off now everyone choosing each other
0: ah well this is just a friendly lady and welcome thanks to ben thanks to grant thanks to ashley and thanks to Shan. and um until next time fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous
1: If
7: Digest, 7th of November, 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news... Space Loach, heresy condemned. INRA, cock-ups uncovered. Round-the-moon attempt blows up, but keeps going. Space Loach, heresy condemned. Is there life after death? Commanders know the answer. Should we, by any chance be killed, then, by the grace of randomius factorum, we come back to life in the last starport we docked at? But space-loach-wielding, cowboy hat-wearing, iconoclast Sandro Samarco is challenging that reality saying that commanders may start their next life in the closest available starport to the place they died. If this were true, which it is not, this bizarre heathen idea would mean that commanders who have raced across the bubble only to get ganked as they are just about to dock, would be resurrected in the station they failed to reach. So Marco, who some suspect of being in league with the Devil and Nike after losing a substantial portion of his body weight through an unholy activity described as walking, however conceded that if there is no suitable starport in the system of death, then the process of bodily regeneration will take place according to the accepted practice of the last docked station so the souls of dead explorers will still be able to return across the galaxy to the last station they left, 18 months ago. So Marco, who has a forked tongue, also suggests that naughty commanders may come back to life in a special place reserved just for them. A sort of celestial naughty step where they can keep each other company as they pay off the bounties they've accrued on their steeds of destruction. The Pilots' Federation has of course denied this heresy, assuring commanders that Sir Marco speaks with no authority whatever. And the Mad Monks of Van Manen's Star have threatened to burn all copies of his book, which they'll do when he gets around to writing one. INRA cock-ups uncovered. Two more bases belonging to the defunct military scientific organisation, the INRA, or INRA, have been discovered, shedding further light on the incompetence that may have been the cause of their downfall. The INRA is known to have been working on 12 research projects. At Almeida landing on CON A3A, evidence has been found that one of these projects may have been an attempt to harness Thargoid technology to travel through wormholes in space. Without wishing to be too graphic, it appears that they instead stumbled upon a way of turning test pilots into Raspberry Jam. And at Carmichael Point, In HIP 16824, planet A2F, it appears an attempt was made to destroy Thargoids using a very big gun. A plan that was foiled by the Thargoids fielding a very big spaceship to catch the missile and hurl it straight back at the INRA base. The INRA is also known to have been working on a fungal virus that killed thyroids and also, curiously, on an antidote to the virus. All the evidence found so far suggests that the letter I in INRA stood for incompetent. Round the moon attempt blows up but keeps going. Commander Alec Turner, buckyballer and SRV enthusiast, is reported to still be making good progress on his round-the-planet marathon, after his SRV was destroyed yesterday. Turner took the precaution of packing a spare SRV, which he's now using. Having completed day 5 of the marathon, he believes he's still on track to complete the circumnavigation of Plione 3A, a tiny planet with a 170 km radius and a circumference of a little over 1000 km. On Thursday evening, Commander Turner is inviting commanders to contribute to special effect to support his silly and ultimately pointless attempt. At the end of which, he's almost certain to find himself exactly back where he started. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.